No, we were going through my grandma's stuff the other day. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> he pulls out like this Louis Vuitton like dust bag. Oh God, I'm scared. He was like, he like looked in it for a while. I was like, I had asked something about like what it was, whatever he goes, I don't know. And it's like a vibrator and like a G-spot vibrator. <laughs> Stop. And I looked at it and I was like, yep, that's not that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Did he know like, what it was? Okay. Probably. I mean, he's not dumb. Vibrators. And when we were cleaning out my grandma's shit, her whole bottom oh drawer like had vibrators in it. I'm like, what is the deal? I mean, it doesn't stop, I guess. When you get old, you, you got to get what you can get. <laughs> I can't handle that. <laughs> I cannot. What are you going to do? cry in my sleep That's a good one. That was good. So why do you have fucking baby fever? Tell me. I don't know, because I'm getting old, I guess. Bitch, I'm older than you are. By six months. That's still older, (laughs) is it not? (laughs) Bam. I don't know. I don't know. I'm over it already, though. I'm like, I don't got that kind of money. Can you see that shit I sent you on Instagram? No, I just fucking look at it right now. It's too live on camera. Oh God. Oh God. Is it just one? Oh God. Keep scrolling. Oh God. Oh my God. (laughs) You want that coming outside of you? Oh my God. Why is she on her side? Think about your vagina ripping. (laughs) I can't. I can't. That's fucking yuck, bro. (laughs) You're welcome. Don't have kids. That's oh god. Ugh. That's hard to look at, right? This is not okay. That's not right. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> should ever have kids. <laughs> Miraculous, my asshole. That lady had a whole fucking like, oh my god. And just think like your asshole rips with it and then you shit all over yourself. Fuck no. And you shit on your baby. And you shit on your baby. You got a little piss shit baby forever. A little piss shit baby. It's hard enough being a piss shit baby. I couldn't imagine having a piss shit baby. Oh, God. Yuck. No, thank you. Audrey's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. That's big yuck, dude. So what's been going on? How's the apartment hunt? Literally nothing. Literally nothing. Like every day. Like every day. Well, John looks every day. I don't. I don't look anymore. Not even in Chicago? Chicago, Milwaukee, nothing. Not even just like like moving out of where we want to be. Mm-hmm. It's just like nothing's under $1200 or 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 at $1200. Everything now it's like 14, 15, 1600 and I'm like what the fuck? Yeah. Why? And um there's literally nothing. So I'm just here until I find something. 
Well, hopefully you'll find Thank something you. soon. So that's mm. fun. Tell me what happened yesterday or the other day. The fuck? Oh, yeah. So Audrey and I are in the room and all of a sudden, like the wall that shares our apartment to the apartment behind us, someone's just like uh-huh. banging on the walls. Like so hard that the shelves and shit are like shaking above the bed. Wait, you're like, wait, you mean like upstairs or like neck across from y'all? Like across, like right behind us. Okay. So I hit it once. They don't stop. And then we hear like screaming and shit. And we're like, okay, well, maybe they're just like fighting or something. We're like mind our own business. But then like that she keeps going out on the patio and she's like, someone please help me, please help me. And like, maybe last year we were like in the hot tub when it was, we still had a hot tub and it was like 11 ish at night. And we had seen a man like running towards the parking, like the front parking lot. And then Mm -hmm. two cops like chasing him. Mm -hmm. That's those people that we, that live behind us. Oh my God. And the guy had busted out the sliding glass door. Oh, that apartment. Okay. Yeah. So I told Andre, I was like, I wasn't going to call the cops or anything, but I mean, if she's on the porch screaming, help me, help me. And then like banging on the walls, Mm -hmm. I can't like go to sleep. Like what if I wake up and she did like there's crime scene people. So I called the cops and I was like, I don't know if this is like a domestic violence thing. I really don't know. Like they just live in the apartment behind us. And they're just banging on the walls. And now she just went outside, like, screaming for help. She's like, okay, we'll send two officers, blah, 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 blah. So luckily, Miggy had, like, left his apartment to go check what apartment number that was. Mm Because I was like, I know it's building two, but I don't remember what the number is. What number? Mm -hmm. So, and even Miggy was like, as soon as I went outside, I could hear her, like, screaming on the balcony or on the patio. So the cops get there. I'm all like chismosa in the living room, like holding up the <laughs> blinds. So we turned off all the lights. <laughs> and the cops come. One comes and he goes and knocks on the door. They don't answer. So then his partner comes and then they're like looking around in the patio with like a flashlight mm-hmm. and they go back around and they bang on the door. And I guess whoever answered, they were there for like 15, 10 to 15 minutes. And then they just bounced. So nothing, like nothing. And then like 10 minutes after that, it was just like, it sounded like someone hammering. And then it was like banging and the girl being like, and Audrey said it lasted to like 3 a.m. What the fuck? Yeah. And then today we haven't heard uh, like a peep or yesterday. I mean, like yesterday or today we haven't heard jack shit. Jesus Christ. That bitch probably did. I have no fucking idea. I hope not. But Andre said the light was still on like it was the other night. And it's been on. Yeah. So that was Tuesday night. You haven't smelled anything or anything like that? No. No, I have not. <laughs> Did you walk by like and see if the sliding door, sliding glass doors, like blinds or whatever were open? No, I haven't. Because I come from the other parking lot. Mm-hmm. So I didn't walk around. I looked in the garden. Oh, Andre said he didn't see anything. Do you smell anything? Like dead body? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said but he no. was like hammering her to the wall. I'm thinking that because you know how there's a, a window in the master bedroom that goes towards the patio? 
Mm-hmm. I'm thinking either she was yelling out the window. I don't know if he locked her in the room because yeah. she was just like banging all the walls. I don't know if she was <clears throat> lifted the window to yell out like the meshy part or she broke the meshy part and went out, like crawled through out on the thing. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, what if he hammered the window shut? But why wouldn't she just jump over the, the patio wall if she was that worried? I have no idea. I don't know if she was maybe fucked up. I have, I don't know the situation. All I know is I heard someone yell help and there's a bunch of banging everywhere. So I'm like, I'm going to call the cops. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. That's insane. I can't believe you're drinking Bud Light. That's all I got. I'm judging you. <coughs> there's only one. I, didn't, I haven't had alcohol in like, I drank at my grandma's funeral. Yeah. Because she would have wanted me to. I haven't had any beer since then. I forgot we were talking about something at my grandma's funeral and he was like, um, <clears throat> what did he say? He was saying something and I was like, I was like, oh, dad, do you mind if I go over to Brian's and go smoke pot with him? And he was like, I don't give a shit what you do. And I was like, oh, all right, Brian, I'm going to come over. And he's like, yeah, I was doing it the other night when you guys were there. And I was like, well, nobody offered shit to me. And then I find out my Brian, my, my cousin Brian let it slip that my dad used to do coke. He goes, oh yeah, your your dad does. He, I was like, have you ever smoked pot, Dad? He's like, no, I never. I didn't like pot. Da, 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 I've never done it. And and then Brian goes, yeah, your dad was a speed freak. And I was like, excuse me. Oh, and what, what did that say? He was just like, yeah, I used to do dumb shit. And I was like, okay, yeah, you get mad at me for smoking pot, okay? Now Why does he get mad at you for smoking pot? It's legal there. No, not now. Like when I was younger, when I was still oh, living oh, under oh, their oh, roof. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. I was young when I was like 16, 15, but like you could have fucking said something like, hey, don't get into that shit because that shit will lead into this shit. And I did that shit and da da da. And I'm like, okay, did grandma know? Because grandma knows now, motherfucker. So, <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, secrets coming out. All right. That was a bombshell Ooh. for me. Family so, secrets are the best. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Yeah. So waiting for that Boomhauer video, by the way. Oh, yeah. Waiting for had, it. I haven't had a chance to shorten it because it's like 30 minutes long. So Holy like, shit. Yeah, just, just do like quit, like a montage. <laughs> just like a montage of how many times he says that's ridiculous in the span of 30 minutes. Two that's a lot. later. <laughs> this, we even got into it again this morning. Not like got into it, but like we talked about it again this morning and he was talking more about the Uvalde shooting and he's talking about how much he hates guns and all this shit. And I'm just like, I don't know, Grandpa. That's fucking nuts. Like, I don't know. I just let him go. Beto, Texas people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is he running for governor again? Or is he running for the... First time running for governor, but yes, he is running for governor. Who was he running for before? Senator? Yeah. And then president. (laughs) And now governor. My guy. My guy. My guy should have started out as governor. (laughs) You've got some high aspirations. You need to start at the bottom and work your way up. But, you know, now with all the abortion stuff and the grid and all the fucking bullshit here. He's got a better chance. My man's in there. Definitely need somebody other than that crip. Yeah, he can't even stand up for my rights. (laughs) (laughs) He can roll for your rights. Not the same. 
she can't even stand for the Texas anthem. <laughs> I can't trust no man that doesn't stand for the Texas pledge. He's fucking telling everybody to stand for the pledge and he can't even do it himself. <laughs> <laughs> just so you guys know, he's a piece of shit. So we get to make fun of him. <laughs> yeah, just like Google Greg Abbey. You'll know what the fuck we're talking about. He's a bitch. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's what's going on up here. Whole lot of nothing. Feel that, brother. Lots of, lots of family shit. So that's fun. Is John no. being sad you're not there? Yeah, he's fine. I think he's fine that he doesn't have to share a full size bed with me. Why? You could cuddle. I don't. I don't cuddle. <laughs> I don't like cuddling. It gets too hot. You're the worst. It's just, it's just, I don't like being touched. Not like by John, just like in general. So like, if I'm not in the mood, <laughs> then I'll just be like, I don't want to fucking cuddle. Like if we do cuddle, it's like for five minutes and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go to bed. Like, I can't sleep here because it's, it gets too fucking hot. I run hot. I'm hot now, but I don't want to turn the AC on. <laughs> turn the AC on. No, because you can hear it. It's loud as shit. Oh. It just fucking goes. Uh, you need a little fan. I have one, but that's loud too. Oh, oh my god. I don't even know where it is. <laughs> that's not lotion over there, by the way. That's my CeraVe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you just have like a big bottle of jerking off of <laughs> Why are you so wanted... guilty all the time? <laughs> <That's> not... <laughs> Those sex toys weren't mine. They were my grandma's. That's not lotion. It's just my lube. <laughs> <laughs> big yuck I just snack on strawberry lube at night because I have nothing better to do you found it in your grandma's bag yuck it's like 60 years old does lube go bad I don't think it does I would imagine it probably you just gotta like does. it's probably like you know like uh, natural peanut butter where you just gotta like shake the oils back together <laughs> It's the short answer. Yes. <laughs> they have a shelf life of around one to three years. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. It's like everything you can't use it after. I mean, I wouldn't use it after fucking a year. I can't say Yuck. I've ever used lube. I wouldn't use fucking. There was one time. Oh, I cut this out. There was one time that I thought I was using. It no. <laughs> I thought I was using lube to masturbate. Yeah. Because <laughs> I got it in a sample size from like a store. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was lube. And I found out the hard way that it was massage oil. And not the <laughs> kind that not the kind that's good for you. You're putting I was straight like, up massage oil in your pussy. Yeah. I went in the bathroom and it burned so like it was inflamed. It burned so bad. You know, I got like milk because <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. So I got like, I got, like a cup of milk and was like tossing it on it. I what? <laughs> I thought that was the best course of action. <laughs> Why wouldn't you go in the shower and just like put the head up your pussy and like no I was trying that's uh, that wasn't working I was like like hard like we had the handheld thing and I had like I was trying so hard I was like it's not fucking working dude I was like trying to get it off like (laughs) scrub it off 
It wasn't working, dude. And it you was put it like in coffee. or you put it around? No, around. Like oh, on the outside. Soap it up. It was no, no. Soap is, I'm telling you, soap wasn't and working. Did, did the, the water was work. <laughs> milk it didn't work. I just thought, <laughs> I just thought it would. Because you know how you drink milk if you something's hot. <laughs> so I thought it's kind of the same as a tongue. So milk should work. <laughs> I never heard anybody <laughs> throwing milk. <laughs> <laughs> now you'll think of you'll think of me when you hear the term milky pussy <laughs> when was this this was like this was like a like 2013 or 14 when i was living in waco dude <laughs> it was like danielle's poor d- fucking was- sweet mates are like uh, where'd all the milk no, go <laughs> no. It was when I was living with Danielle and Lionel. So thankfully Danielle had her own bathroom and I had, we had our own bathroom, but I had to like figure out how to run to the fucking kitchen with like no pants on (laughs) to get the milk. (laughs) Like run back to my bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit, I cry. Oh my God. You should try it and tell me if milk No, thank you. Uh, I'm pretty sure it made cottage cheese, bro. That shit probably curdled. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, yeah, that was, that you, Keep all that in. No, that was the worst experience of my life, dude. It was that is awful. Was, I mean, I've I didn't had, think. Ugh. The only time I've ever used lube is like, we went to some sex shop. I was like with Casey, Andre, and Miggy. I don't know why. And we went and the girl was like, oh, you've got to try this. It's like this like warming, tingling gel that we just got in, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so Casey and I are like, okay. And I thought she was just going to give us like a sample to take home. She gives us like, like a scoop of it. And she's like, go put it in, go put it on. And so we were like, okay. So we went to the bathroom and we like put that shit on our puss and it burned. It it felt like fucking menthol like in my pussy and I hated it. <laughs> yeah, I dude, that, fucking, that fucking massage oil said warming. So I thought that's what it was, was it was like the... Yeah. The I didn't have man. any milk on hand, so I just fucking suffered. <laughs> you didn't ask her she had some 2%. <laughs> <laughs> what's worse is Casey and I were like oh my god this fucking hurts and the lady came around and she's like do you love it we we're like yeah we love it it was so great thank you so much <laughs> yeah but is it supposed to burn but do you <laughs> got some milk <laughs> oops I gave you some massage oil my bad <laughs> yeah that was oh, the only time god. I ever used sleep yeah uh, 10 out of 10 do not recommend <laughs> so um yeah, yeah. anyway <laughs> anyway <laughs> you didn't facetime um miguel and i this weekend nobody texted me to tell me where bitch you're the one who's like let's facetime and nobody told me when i didn't get no facetime <laughs> 
You have FaceTime now. <laughs> That's what Mickey was like, did you ever hear from Ashley? And I was like, no. Nope. Oh my God. I thought y'all were going to text the group chat and tell me when you were free. Mm-mm. Wait, hold on. I don't know what was going on Saturday. I must have gone to sleep really early because I got up at like seven and like texted you. I don't know Story what I was your doing. Life. <laughs> Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Yeah, we need to do that. Because <clears throat> that's a coming up soon. Yeah. Four months. I got shit to save for. I need to save money for that. We're going to ACL. We got some oh, money shit, for yeah. that. That's in October, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hello, money. <clears throat> We're going to buy That's a new a bed. Oh, hell yeah, brother. Do you decide what kind of mattress you're going to do? Are you going to go Nectar? Or We're going to go Purple Mattress. Thing? Oh, shit. Non-spawn. <laughs> but should spawn. The Purple we'll Mattress. we'll take a free mattress. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you need a thousand listeners. <laughs> They're like, oh, shit. like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> We're someone who wants a free Purple Mattress. Hell <laughs> Yo, that shit's like two grand that's i mean it's an investment for your sleep dude you're probably yeah. gonna sleep like a fucking baby oh, i can't wait <laughs> have you tried any out like gone to like a mattress store and tried it out no miggy just bought one and he said it's the best oh, thing he's ever shit. fucked on i've heard it like feels way different than like a regular gel foam mattress yeah because it's supposed to like it has that like grid like mm-hmm. flex thing and so so it's supposed to like absorb all your like body weight and tension and shit yeah so it doesn't sink that's the problem with ours right now is it's like sinking yeah this one this bed like broke so i had to like shove a fucking box under it to keep it up oh my god <laughs> i mean the bed's so fucking old it's like i don't even know how old i don't even know who slept on it before but hmm. <laughs> is it comfy <laughs> It's the box company. <laughs> I've never slept worse in my life. <laughs> Sleep on the floor, bro. No, bro. The floor is yuck. It's, this back room was used as like a storage room before I got here. Uh-oh. And like they barely got stuff out. I mean, and there's still like shit everywhere. Like I had to move it all to the side and I just like threw blankets over it because it was stressing me out because there's so much shit. It's just... So much shit. I don't even know what they have. They have like, I don't even fucking know. There's like three walkers in here. There's like, <clears throat> there's like kids fucking coloring books and shit. I don't fucking know. It's That's just, not scary. No, fucking. Wait, I have to pee pee. Okay. <laughs> BRB. <laughs> Yeah. I love your goblin walk. Thank you. I'm a little goblin girl. <laughs> Dude, they got the time wrong when my grandma died in their foot. This is their newspaper. That's cute. <laughs> it's called, just like a pamphlet. It's called Just the Facts, which is probably not facts. But why isn't it like the town name or something? Um, you know what I would have called it? Huh. Hoopston on them hoes. 
just a diary sure of all the, that. He's gonna be like, what? <laughs> what that mean? <laughs> He'll just say what three times and be like, oh. <laughs> like grandpa hoops in on them hoes. Am I right? Like, why are you saying it like that? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know, you know damn well the the hoops. <laughs> My poor grandpa. Is that a good, good name for hear. a newspaper? Hoopston <laughs> on them hoes. It's better than the sports name. <clears throat> you know what their Hoopston. newspaper name is right now? What? Just the facts. <laughs> Hoopston on them hoes. Incorporate the name. <laughs> they can't even get the facts right. They got her <laughs> the time she died wrong. <laughs> they call it just the guesses. <laughs> Thank God we don't have any audiences in Illinois. (laughs) We're going to get an email. It's like, actually, I work for the paper. I am the paper. (laughs) I am the facts. Hoopston's only locally owned daily news publication. The lady who owns it is Lordine Florek. Shout out. All right, Lordine. You're fucking wrong. I'll tell you that. Who has a dog named Keith? <laughs> oh, it's so cute. That's why he went missing because you named him Keith. <laughs> he ran away from his name. <laughs> and that's just the facts, bitch. <laughs> it's just a guess. <laughs> anyway, that's crazy. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> Let's talk about this book that we. <laughs> were oh yeah. About. <laughs> Speaking of fucking, no one's having any. <laughs> yeah, this was. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> we're reading Atonement, dude. Part and... two took forever. Yeah, I had to literally like block out time for myself to to uh, like I forced myself to read this part because, I mean, it wasn't bad. It, it just was not was... bad not what I wanted to be reading. I think I realized about myself that I like historical fiction when it comes to like romance, the romantic era. Like I'm talking like 18th century historical fiction. This war was boring. Yeah. Like people like died or whatever, but like <laughs> boring. Yeah, like in war, people like die or whatever, but <laughs> Yeah, that shit was fucking cool. Yeah. I was not about it. I I mean, I took a lot of notes, but I was not about it at all. Oh, good. I took no notes, so you can <laughs> I only took notes for the chapters that I was supposed to be doing, so... Um, there are sorry. no chapters, so... <laughs> well, I didn't take any notes for the ones I wasn't supposed to do, so. What do you mean? I did the first part. And then I did, I stopped where like the headings got bolded. Oh so. my God. <laughs> I was like, that's her part. <laughs> First off, we never specified that. I thought that was what we were doing for this. Well, but I didn't take fine. any notes on them. Okay. I didn't take any notes on them. Because I was reading it on my, on my um, Kindle and I downloaded it as a PDF. So I thought that the format was messed up. <laughs> Four chapters, and those were the parts of the chapter. So I was like, oh "That's got to be a God. chapter." <laughs> I guess okay, not. well then, 
I'll do it off the dome at the next <laughs> at the next stop. Yeah, that's where I stopped. For the I figured. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so part two. <laughs> it's just how are they gonna have all these chapters in the beginning and then not have any more chapters? Yeah. Well, he was like, the chapters are for the ones that are interesting. And then the next one, you just fucking read through it. <laughs> Try not to He's fall like, asleep in the middle. <laughs> and then we'll get to the end. He's like, we don't want to give you a stopping point. So <laughs> just, just get through it. <laughs> okay. So part two, we're in a different fucking narrative. This is after Robbie's been arrested for allegedly assaulting, what's her name? Lola. So... It starts with like, there's some soldiers. They appear to be soldiers at the beginning and they're walking through this town and they 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 look at a tree and there's a fucking leg in the tree. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously they're at war because they don't get startled by it. They're just kind of like, well, that sucks. And they keep going. And then they get to like this barn and it's, it's three guys and they get to this barn and one of the men like runs to the back of the barn. He says he's going to go take a shit or a piss or whatever, but he has like this wound on his rib cage. So he's like examining this wound and he hears like the other two men who are corporals. He hears them coming up. So he starts like bringing out his map and he's like studying. Well, it turns out that this guy is Robbie Turner. So twist. <laughs> God, Jesus. <clears throat> um, so <laughs> he's reading this map and they're trying to figure out like a specific path somewhere, but we don't know where they're going to at this point. So Robbie just says that they needed to reach to the sea or they needed to reach the sea because no, they're being told to <laughs> retreat. Yeah. And Robbie says that he doesn't want to go or he doesn't want to um, leave the corporals behind only because they're pretty much incompetent. And even though he's not an officer, they listen to him. So they like kind of poke mm. fun at him, but <clears throat> they listen to him or whatever. So they keep going and we find out that they're in the French countryside. And Robbie keeps talking about how he needs to survive. He needs to survive. He needs to get to the sea. So we figure out that they're at war, but as they approach the countryside, they're like walking through this forest or these woods. They approach like this empty field. They start hearing bombers. So they retreat back into the woods and they kind of wait until the bombing stops. <clears throat> and it, so I'm guessing this is World War II um, because the German army is um, <clears throat> pursuing whomever Robbie is fighting for, which... France. So... Robbie like has it in his mind that he's like, I got to keep going. He's like, I should just leave these fuckers behind, but I know that they won't like it. So he decides not to. They keep walking and they see this barn and they see these dogs and these dogs start like freaking out and barking at them. And this French woman comes out and she's like running towards them and she's like kind of shooing them away. And Robbie goes up to her and, and he speaks French. So he tells them like, we need a place to sleep and we need food and water. And she's like, no, like you can't stay here. Da, da, da. 
he's like, but we're fighting for France. Like we, I mean, we're the good guys. We, we just need some, somewhere to sleep and some food and water. And she's like, no, she's like, I'm not worried about the Germans coming to find me. She's like, or coming to find you guys. She's like, I'm worried about my sons who are animals. She's like, they're going to fucking kill you if they find you here. And he's just like, please bring us what I asked for, or we're going to come in and take it for ourselves. And the woman's just like, I can't, they're going to fucking kill you. But Robbie's like, I'll talk to them. Like, don't worry about it. I'll talk to them. And then he goes into the fucking barn. Mm -hmm. So they're in this barn and they start making beds out of like, hey, one of the corporals is like really good at doing shit like that, I guess. So he's making these beds. He makes like a makeshift table and they start talking and they're trying to figure out like what the sons are because they're French but they were like, maybe they're French Nazis or they're German sympathizers. Like that would be the only reason why they'd want to kill us. And while they're talking, there's this little girl at the barn door and they see that she brought them some food. So um, they take the food. They like say hi to her. She like takes off. She's scared. They take the food. And when they're done eating, they notice that there are two men at the entrance of the barn and it's dark out. So they can't tell what they're holding, but they notice that they're holding something in their hands and they say that it could be like a club or it could be a shotgun. So they take out a flashlight and they shine it on them. Like they take out their guns. They're like cocking it. They're like ready to fucking shoot them. And Robbie's just like telling them like easy, like don't freak out. They shine the flashlight on these two guys. And it turns out that they're holding French baguettes (laughs) and they're, they're not clubs. They're big loaves of fucking bread and a canvas bag full of food. So these are the two sons, her two sons, they came with food and they turn out to be men that are in their fifties. And, um, they were driving around looking for one of their cousins and her children. But while they were searching, they found like remnants of a battle all all along, like the countryside where there were farmhouses and on the roads. So Robbie tells them like, well, we are walking to Dunkirk. Like, that's where we're headed and that's where we're going to go tomorrow. And they were like, well, what the fuck is up with your mom? Because she was telling us you were going to kill us. And they were saying that she hates soldiers because her son was killed in the war, but she's old and she can't really distinguish them from each other. So she can't tell if they're German or whatever. She just doesn't like soldiers in general because she's kind of like losing it. So the two corporals offer cigarettes as a thanks. And they say that they're going to go ahead. They'll be out of there in the morning. And um, the French men are just like, okay, we get it. You're leaving. But, you know, we're, we're going to be destroyed in like two days by the Germans. Like with the retreat happening, like the Germans are going to fuck us up. And that's the end of that part. Well, and two in that part, we learned that the reason Robbie's injured is because he got separated from his unit during a Stuka bomb attack. Stuka? Yeah. Stuka? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know Stuka, how you maybe. Stuka. And um yeah, I felt so bad when he was like, he's like, oh, so it's true, like you're leaving. Yeah. And Robbie's like, oh, but we'll be back. And yeah. he's like, knowing good and well that they won't be back. Yeah. Like, well, I won't okay. be back. <laughs> so the next part is <clears throat> Robbie is trying to sleep, but he's unable to. Mainly because he has fucking like a shard of bomb stuck in his side, yeah, his like shrapnel, they say. Yeah. 
And so, so um, while he's laying in bed, the other two corporals pass out, obviously. And he's thinking about all the, the people, I guess, that have been affected by the war so far and how he got to where he is. And um, he starts going in a little bit about how uh, all he wanted to do was talk to Cecilia and tell her how stupid the war was, but she already knew that. There was no point of like <laughs> reiterating Re- it stupid. Yeah. He talks about how while he was in prison, because he did go to prison for the arrest of the assault yeah. of Lola, the reason he ended up in the war was because he took the deal once the war was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, he took the deal to go ahead and serve the rest of his time in the army or whatever, rather than serving it in prison because they needed soldiers. Yeah. And when he got arrested, he, what did they say that he was like a sex crazed something? He couldn't have any sexual stimulation for his entire sentence. So when, so like nothing (laughs) in the letters could be written sexually, like, because the psychologist would look them over and be like, Mm-mm, too sexual, not spending. Yeah. So I'm him and Cecilia it. started writing in code, like about a book they read, about a little quiet spot in the library and things like that. After he took the deal to get out of prison to go to the war, they decided to, he had like, a, I guess like a break before he went into boot camp. Mm-hmm. And they decided to meet in a tea room near Aldershot. And he, when he sits down and is like waiting for her, he starts to realize how little they know of each other anymore and about how both of them have just been thriving on this fantasy that they had that one night. Mm-hmm. And with their letters, he's like, they, we embellished more in our letters than we would in real life. Yeah. So now he's nervous um for her to come in because he doesn't know what they're going to talk about yeah so she comes in she's now a nurse she does not speak with her family anymore oh got that she does not speak with her family anymore but she actually says that she like loves being in the medical field yeah she comes in and he's so nervous that he stands up and knocks his tea because he does he's waited all of this time it's been three years um to see her and they kind of have a little small talk and he doesn't know how to say like I love you or like anything because they haven't seen each other since that night or I guess since like trial or whatever yeah and um so she's like oh my lunch break's over like I really have to get back to the hospital and he starts walking her to the bus and he's like I couldn't let her go I couldn't let her go without at least showing her how I feel about her because the whole time she was like, I'll wait for you. Like, I believe you. Yeah. I don't, I don't trust what they say. I'll stand by you and I'll wait for you. And that's what she tells him in every single letter. I'll wait yeah. for you. So before she gets on the bus, he kisses her and I guess they kind of make out. And then she gets on the bus and leaves. Yeah. And they try to plan this trip in the future, like before he's officially shipped off to war, that they're going to spend like a week in some cabin in the countryside, Mm -hmm. but it never really works out for them. 
And then the war starts happening and the post goes down and he can't get any more of her letters. Oh, Robbie also mentions that in his letters after they had met, he keeps telling her maybe she should talk to her family because Mm -hmm. he kind of feels guilty, even though he did absolutely nothing wrong and her family fucked him over. He feels guilty that she'll she's by herself and especially if she's waiting for him she's not going to be really around anybody else but like her colleagues and her friends Mm -hmm. and she he knows how important her family is to her he's like Mm -hmm. maybe you should talk to your family and she's like absolutely not she's like when they wrecked your life they wrecked my life and I can never talk to them again even Leon went to try to talk to her and they're like best or were best friends. And he hung out at the hospital and she just refused to go down and see him. She's just like, yeah, yeah goodbye. Because they, he, she said he just like basically is like a spineless coward and didn't back up Robbie and just gave up on him. Well, see, uh, and she still blames Danny Hardman. Yeah. No even mention to- of Paul Marshall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I thought was weird. I thought it was weird. I'm going to be really mad if it turns out that it was Danny Harmon because like, you really like made this whole thing to to make it seem like it was Paul Marshall. Mm-hmm. And then just like some guy that looked at her, you mentioned looked at her once is the guy that was like trying to sexually assault her. That would really piss me off. I think that's the one that they want you to think it is because there's yeah. no other option because everybody's so like, grown up and civilized it has to be him but he's the help. we all fucking know it's paul marshall we yeah. all know you can't tell a bitch to eat a chocolate all sexy and then not fucking suspect him okay. <laughs> <laughs> rape <laughs> here bitch have this chocolate now i get to have sex with you let it what did he fucking say let it bust in your mouth or some shit <laughs> He meant to say, let me bust in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Yike. (laughs) Okay, so after their meetup busted, she wrote him one more letter officially before the post went down because he had written her saying, like, I really think you should talk to your family. I really think that's the best idea. She writes him a letter saying, I wasn't going to tell you but I actually did hear from Briny because now Briny's what fucking bitch. Yeah, sixteen or 17. so. Yeah, because it's been three years. She's got to be like sixteen or seventeen. So she heard from Briny. Briny did not go to Cambridge like she was supposed to. She is also studying to become a nurse, like Cecilia, and wrote to Cecilia saying that. She wants to apologize for everything that happened. And she wants to recant her testimony that Robbie is the one who assaulted Lola. And in the letter, Cecilia is just like, can you believe it? Like, yeah, the only reason I'm telling you is because you're the one insisting that I talk to my family and this could like give us a new start. This could like change everything. And Robbie starts to think about it. And he's like, at first he's excited. He's like, holy shit. Like she's gonna, how brave of her to like go before the law and like admit she was wrong and whatever. And he goes, but 
then I'm thinking Fuck about her. it. It's not really for me. Like yeah. it's for her. For her guilty conscience. Right. So she, of course, at the end of her letter, she says, I love you and I'll wait for you. Come back. Scene. And that's the end of that part. Scene. Donzo. Scene. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So then the men are waking up in the barn and they're getting ready to leave. And outside the barn, they find more bread and cheese that they, that either the men or the girl left for them. So they divide it amongst themselves just in case they get separated. Or so Robbie says, he's still contemplating leaving them at some point. They start walking um, north and he sees that there are bombers already headed north. So he they tried to stay in the country because they didn't want to get on the roads where they were going to be seen, but he realized that they weren't going to be safe walking in the country when they came across um, like a field of cattle and they saw like a shitload of bullets. He looks at the map and they're still about 25 miles away from Dunkirk. So he's like, well, we got to get back onto the road. So they keep walking and he's hearing the sounds of like artillery fire, like growing louder. They followed the, sem- the, they call them lorries, but they're like semis. And so they see them on the road and they start following them in ambulances. And they're moving like at a really slow pace, like a mile an hour on this road towards Dunkirk. And all of these semis and ambulances are full of like wooden soldiers. There's like hundreds of soldiers and families walking on the road. So they join them and start walking towards Dunkirk. But he says that as soon as he got into like the crowd, he started feeling like hostile towards everybody. And he was focusing at that point, like only on his own survival. So that way he can get back to Cecilia. He decides that he's going to try to lose the corporals. And he like took off, like not running, but like at a fast pace. And while he's doing that, he cuts off his vehicle and the vehicle like honks his, the horn at him and he gets all pissed off. So he like throws open the door and he grabs the guy by the tie and he's going to like start beating the shit out of him. But one of the corporals, Corporal Mace, he pulls him away and he's like, he's not the enemy. Like, don't be pissed off at that guy. He's not the one you're mad at. Like, whatever. Well, And he's bitter because he doesn't feel good. He has like an open fucking wound. Yeah. And then he's like, any other day I could take like the corporal's shit. But like today yeah. is just not the day. Like I didn't sleep and I'm in mm. fucking pain. Yeah. So after that, they hear like a pistol shot like from ahead and it turns out that the French cavalry was shooting their own horses in the head and they were doing that so that way any German soldiers like couldn't use them to ride if they found them because they couldn't take horses onto these boats that were in Dunkirk so they get to about 16 miles from Dunkirk when they start hearing like a commotion up ahead and it's this guy and he's like shouting and like pointing towards the woods and was like trying to grab people to go with him into the woods and finally he like looks at Robbie everybody's like ignoring him they're like yeah whatever dude he looks at Robbie and he's like goes up to him he's like oh all right you guys he's like we're gonna go into the woods and we're gonna go flush out this guy that's in there with machine guns and he's like what the fuck so they're like determined not to go. They're like, mm, we're not going to go with you guy. Like, we don't know what you're talking about. Like, no, we're just trying to make it to Dunkirk. But then Robbie notices something in the sky. It's just like this big horizontal thing. 
And he's like staring at it while this guy is talking. And then he finally is just like yelling at everybody to go and to like run for cover. And while he's yelling at that and running, all these bullets start like raining down on everybody on the road. But Robbie was able to get undercover in the back of a semi. And <clears throat> once he stops hearing like the raining bullets on the um, outside of the semi, he decides that he's going to start, uh, he's going to leave the semi and he ends up going back towards um, the guy that was telling him to go into the woods. He's a major. He goes back to him and he sees the guy and the major had been shot in the hand, but was still like convincing everybody that they still needed to go into the woods and go get the guy. And they were like, no, we're, we're not going. And so finally, like he says something condescending to him about rank. And then he's just like, all right, that's fine. And then the major just goes into the woods by himself. So they keep walking. So Robert's, Robert, <laughs> Robbie's helping these, <laughs> um, <laughs> he's helping like some people who got injured. Nobody died from the like sh shower of bullets, but He's helping some people who did get shot, like get into ambulances or get them to ambulances whenever he looks and he sees Corporal Mace's head in a ditch. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? I thought this guy like- I thought it was decapitated. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he, he got his head cut off and just started a ditch. What the hell? And so he's like, I'm going to go walk over there. But it turns out that they're in like, they're in the ditch because they're digging a grave for this 15 year old boy who he did die. Um, his grandparents didn't want him left alone. So like in a ditch dead. So they decided they were going to go ahead and bury him. So yeah, that was nice. And after they buried him, the convoy started moving again because it had stopped because of the bullets and they began continuing on to Dunkirk. So the next part is really them just walking the rest of the trail to try to get to Dunkirk. Yeah. Um, he talks about how they have to try to keep off the main road because they don't want to be ambushed. But he's like, I never knew you could fall asleep standing up until now. They're thirsty. They're wounded. They're tired. Their feet have blisters on them. But they have to keep going because they know that's the only way home. Yeah. The memories of seeing Cecilia from the time before he went to war. And then of course, you know, that night is the only thing that sustains him to keep him going. He keeps all of her letters in his breast pocket of his coat. And so every time he thinks about it, he like touches the letters and he's like, I, I knew them by heart. Like I could tell you them by heart, word for word. Yeah. He starts thinking about possibly being clear of the charge. And he's like, how great would it be to have the simplicity of love, like to just be able to be home where mm -hmm. we want to be. I can love Cecilia. We can have children. We can like do the whole thing mm -hmm. without having the hindrance of like what happened that night. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to think about my past. I don't want to like do it. I just want to like pick up where we left off. I want to pretend yeah. like these past three years didn't happen. Yeah. He's upset kind of though that he didn't get to like follow his dreams, but he yeah. did see that before the war, he, he didn't realize how like ignorant and young he was that mm -hmm. he thought he could just do all of these fucking occupations. But now he knows that like, if he survives the war, he'd love to join the medical corps. He likes mm -hmm. the, he likes the army, even though he hates the war. 
He yeah. likes the army. He likes the like, what's the word I'm looking for? The community? No. Profession? No. The situation? <laughs> the discipline? The discipline and the structure. He likes yeah. the structure of it. So, yeah, he thinks about how he can join the medical corps. And when he sees Cecilia, maybe they can make peace with her family. Even though he does say Emily particularly went vicious on him. Like she. Yeah. Like freaked on him. Was like, yeah. He did it. And him. of course, Jack, you know, went back to fucking work and was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Turned him away. But uh, he talks about how the war has kind of like desensitized him mm-hmm. and how before seeing a dead body would like make him freak out but now he's just walking over dead bodies in this ditch on his way to Dun- Dunkirk like yep there's another dead body yeah there's a tree in an arm I mean a tree in an arm <laughs> there's an arm in a tree <laughs> so he starts thinking about Briny and he's oh, like bitch he's like I can't wrap my head around it he's like I can't tell if she's doing this to win Cecilia back because she misses mm-hmm. her sister or she's doing this because she genuinely cares about me. And he's like, I, after she sent me to prison and he's like, yeah, a child sent me to prison. He's like, I like hated her. I hated her. And he's like, when I was killing people <laughs> in battle, I would picture Briny and Danny Hardman because he also yeah. thinks it's Danny Hardman. He's like, it's not reasonable or just to hate Briny, but it helped. Which, I mean, he got this little fucking girl, like, being a dick. Yeah. And fucking being like, it was him. I saw him for sure. And ruining his entire life. And he talks about how, like, they were um, letting her, like, keep to her story. Like they they weren't looking for anybody else. Like she had said it was him. So they were just gonna try to pin it on him. They didn't even try to look at anybody else. Right. So then we get a little backstory of when Robbie taught Bryony how to swim. And Bryony mentioned this in the beginning of the book. Like, can you believe he like took me out there and taught me how to swim? If he's a maniac, he, who knows what he could have done? But now we get to hear it from Robbie's perspective. So he says in 1932, when he was, well, like 19 or something, Mm -hmm. he took Briny all the way out to like this private little bank that they had um, that was cut off of the current. And he was trying to teach her how to swim. She couldn't get the, like the gist of like jumping in and treading water. So he was having a hard time teaching her. So when they got out, when it was time to get out, he took his clothes and went to change in the woods where she couldn't see him. So he like changed, he came back. She still had her shit on. And she was like, what would you do if I fell into the water or like jumped into the water right now? And he was like, she's like, would you save me? And he's like, of course I would save you. He was like, but I wouldn't do that. And before he could even finish his sentence, she jumps in the water. She doesn't come back up to surface. So he's like, fuck. So he jumps fully clothed in the water, pulls her back up. 
And instead of her being scared, she's happy. And she turns around and she hugs his neck. And she's like, oh, I just knew you would save me. Like, I just knew you would. fucking nuts. And he gets pissed off. And he's like, why would you fucking do that? He's like, you could have killed both of us because I'm fully clothed. And it's a lot harder to fucking swim and get you when I'm fully clothed. And she's like, well, there's a simple reason that I fell into the river. And he's like, why? She's like, I wanted you to save me. He's like, why? She's like, because I love you. (laughs) So we learn that Bryony has confessed her love to Robbie while she's a child. Robbie doesn't think much of it. He's just like, you probably shouldn't do that in the future for boys you're trying to say that you love. (laughs) Yeah. And he thinks nothing of it. He thinks it's just a, a childhood, like a girl, girl school schoolgirl crush girl school schoolgirl crush and he goes off to college she gets older they don't see each other for a while and then the next time he sees her he thinks maybe she'll bring it up but she's like completely forgotten about it or so he thought because now he's thinking that when she gave her the letter instead of her being like nervous and saying anything to him because they really hadn't seen each other that when she read it she was heartbroken because she had built up this like facade of a relationship in her head. Like, oh, we're in love. I told him I loved him. He's got to love me back or whatever. Because she has this like mm-hmm. false narrative of what love is. So he's like, okay. So when I gave her the letter and she realized that I wanted Cecilia and not her, maybe that's what turned her against him. It wasn't so much reading the word or seeing what happened with Cecilia. That was just confirmation. It was, she was heartbroken that he didn't return her love. And that makes complete fucking sense to me. Yeah, I 100% agree. Because she was so like wrapped up in her fantasy life, like one that she was creating that if he wasn't going to love her, then she wasn't going to let anybody love him. Yeah. So she's just pissed. So he was like, you know what? She was a child at the time, but he would never forgive her. He was like, what she did had lasting damage and I can never forgive her. Yeah. Yeah. And the fucked up part of it is that reading it from like Briny's narrative, like she wholeheartedly, like she doesn't say anything to where she's trying to rationalize it around like, oh, he doesn't love me. So I'm going to fucking ruin his life. It's like, he's obviously a bad person because he doesn't love me. Like he right. obviously could have done that. And and then this is just proof that he did it. So she's got this warped, like, I don't know, ego or whatever. Uh, like, I don't know. It's just, it's fucking nuts. So but I thought it was interesting too, that in her perspective, she didn't lead on at all that she had these like weird old feelings for Robbie. Yeah. The way she made it seem was like, oh yeah, Robbie's there. You know, he's just, yeah. he lives over there. It's fine. It's whatever. Maybe it's part two of the writing style that she's kind of like writing her own narrative. So she's Mm -hmm. excluding that information to, you know, make it seem like her life is so dramatic and like all of this is happening, not because of anything that she's done, but because of everything that's happening around her. And like, that's fair. I don't know. So after that little flashback, flashback. yeah. (laughs) 
we're back to Robbie still walking. Um, they're walking and they see like this village and there were French soldiers just taunting them for evacuating, like being like you pieces of shit, like no one's going to help us. And Robbie's deep in thought whenever Corporal Nettle grabs his arm and he points to the sky and up above them, there are at least 15 planes circling above the road. Then they're staring and they see this bomb dropped straight off or like this airplane just dropping straight for the road and it drops a bomb and everybody's trying to run for cover because they notice it. So Robbie decides to run and he takes this woman because she's not moving and he takes her and her child into a field because he was taught that if you go into the field, there's a chance that like the bomb's not going to go after you. It's going to go after the most amount of people so you can get the most amount of casualties. So when the bomb hit the ground, Robbie took the boy and he covered him. And after the, uh, the aftershock, he tells the lady, like, we have to keep running. Then another bomb falls and Robbie tries to get the woman to get up and run with him. But she's like, I'm not moving. She like, didn't want to move. And he, she's not, she doesn't speak French. I don't know what she's speaking. He doesn't know what language she's speaking. Flemish. There you go. And she's basically just like, we're not going to go. She takes her child and she's like saying this prayer in Flemish. So he's like, I can't do anything. She's not moving. So he takes off because another plane was flying like directly towards them. So after that, another bomb falls and he turns around and he sees that it was exactly where he was with the woman and the boy. And he just sees like this big crater there and bombs just continue to fall all over the road and all over the village. And then finally they stop and the airplanes fly away. So he's walking back towards the road. He sees the crater. He doesn't see like a strip of clothing or bones or anything. They were just kind of vaporized by the bomb. Um, After a while, Corporal Mace finds him and he gives him a canteen with water because he's like fucking dehydrated. He says that the Belgians supposedly fell and that the Germans might cut them off from the east. They end up meeting up with Nettle, who has a fucking bottle of wine and a fucking ammo bar. So fucking Paul Marshall ends up getting his fucking ammo bars and these whatever um, rations. They So they end up continuing walking with a convoy towards Dunkirk. So as they're walking, Robbie has this memory of his father and he starts wondering if his father ended up serving in the Great War, which was World War I. His mother decided that his father wouldn't have joined the army because he was a coward. But he decided that he wanted a father and because of that, he decided that he wanted to also be a father. He says that when he gets back, he's going to try to find out who his father was because he wants, he just wants to know. So when they're finally a mile out of Dunkirk, they cross this bridge over a canal. There's a convoy of semis on the road to Dunkirk. And suddenly like someone starts shouting, he hears this commotion and someone shouts, take cover. And there's a bomb dropped right onto where those semis were. There were people in the village that they were by that were like destroying typewriters and Bibles. They were just destroying like all types of literature. It was just, it was weird. And ahead of them, there are military police organizing parking for semis and other vehicles. And they start like 
shooting a bullet into the tires and dismantling them so that way the Germans can't get to them. And there's a sergeant who's ordering like specific men to stay for perimeter duty. And because Robbie was an infantry uh, man, the two corporals that were with him were like, you're going to be forced to stay because you're good with guns. So get between the two of us if you want to keep going and like pretend that you injured your foot and like keep your head down. So he starts limping and he has his head down and he holds on to the two men and they limped with him for about half an hour. Um, and then they, they stopped until like a fresh crowd passed by. So that way, like none of the officers would notice that he wasn't like all of a sudden recovered and he could actually stay and he was just faking it so he could get onto the boats. And after they have a, a fresh crowd with them, they, he starts to continue walking normally. So they still had seven miles till they got to Dunkirk, but they could see bombs dropping over the beach that they were headed towards. So they're like, well, shit, like we're headed towards like another war zone. Um, Nettle takes off his boots and he flings them into a field because he's like, I fucking hate these boots. They're giving me blisters. Fuck them. And Robbie's like, you can't not have fucking boots. So he goes to get them. Um, but when he goes to get the second one, he hears like a swarm of flies and they're kind of just like feasting on this rotting corpse. Yeah. So <laughs> he gets the boots. He goes back to co uh, Corporal Nettle. He gives them to him and he holds on to them. Um, but he just ties them around his neck and he's like, I'm just going to do this as a favor for you. Like, I'm not actually going to put them. And that's that. Put and that. that's the thesis. <laughs> Okay, so they keep going and he's like, it's his wound starting to hurt him more. But they get a little closer to where a lot of people are and they run into like a municipal building with a bunch of officers there. Mm. And they, what's fucked up is like the officers look them up and down and they're like, you're a disgrace because he's like not wearing shoes or whatever. It's like, bitch, they just walked fucking miles to get there. You're a fucking desk jockey. Like, chill the fuck out. Yeah. So they keep going. And after a while, they start to hear the sea and then taste the salty air. And they know that they've made it to the beach. But when they get there, um, there's hundreds, if not thousands of soldiers just standing in the low tide water with their guns raised above their head. And no boats in sight. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, holy shit. And then what they could see was maybe, what, like some boats like on fire or like on remnants of yeah. fire. Yeah. Like 500 yards out or something like that. So they're like, we made it, but who knows if we'll make it out. Yeah. Because now I'm assuming everybody knows they're retreating. So it's easy for it to just ambush. <laughs> shit. Excuse me. Bless you. Um, Robbie talks about how he really didn't even have expectations that they would make it there until he saw the beach and he got you know some hope back yeah. about going home they talk about how there's a bayfront town on the beach and robbie's like you know i'm sure post-war it was popular they were renting out all the shit the restaurants were full now it's just overrun by all the soldiers yeah. all of the soldiers have wormed their way in all of the businesses and all of the homes and have just like taken all the booze, taken all the food. So Robbie and the um, corporals know that they need to try to find some food and water. They are like dying of dehydration. Yeah. They go into this bar where a bunch of other soldiers are. And they're like, if we can't find water, maybe we can find booze, like something. Yeah. 
But when they get in there, of course, everything's gone. And they see this RAF soldier or a RAF soldier. What is that? Yeah, I don't, I have no idea what it was. Okay. So they see the soldier that I guess has ties to like maybe the enemies or something. Uh, Royal Air Force. They were a bombing offensive against Nazi Germany. Okay. Interesting. So I think what they were arguing about was like, where are all of the airplanes that could have taken down these Mm -hmm. fucking bombers? Like, what the fuck were y'all doing? So they see one of the Air Force officers and they start getting really aggressive, like the crowd. And they're like, how dare you show your face here? You have some fucking explaining to do. What's your fucking deal? And Robbie's noticing that the, all of these men are suffering from hunger, dehydration. They're tired of the war. They haven't seen their families. So they're about to let it out on this one person yeah. <laughs> just to get out their frustrations. <clears throat> and it's not going to be just a normal, like, beat your ass scenario. It's going to be like, we're going to murder him. Yeah. So Robbie's starting to get nervous because it, it should not be happening. But yeah. he also doesn't want to turn on the crowd because it could happen to him and he's already injured. Yeah. One of the corporals, Mace, pretends that he's going to like murder this dude. And he's like, oh, yeah. let me through. Let me through. I'm going to fucking get him. <laughs> and he gets up to him and he pulls him. He picks him up. He says he cradles him like a baby. And he's like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to fucking drown him in the sea. So he runs out. <laughs> Ravi and the other corporal like kind of make like a passage for him to get out ahead of time before the crowd can follow. And they run after him and there he's nowhere to be found. But Ravi and the other corporal saw him turn yeah. an alleyway so he could let that guy go. And then when the crowd realized that they were like pissed, so they couldn't find him. But then he's Ravi said they got over it pretty quickly. Yeah. So on their way to look for Mace, they see this gypsy woman <laughs> on like the, the, I guess her like porch or by her front door. And Robbie is like telling her in French, like, please give us water. Like if you yeah. have water, please give us a cup of water. And she kind of like brushes him off. Like, yeah. But then Robbie said he can kind of, he can tell that she can see through him like looking in her eye he didn't want to piss her off yeah and like forcefully get what he wanted because she has this weird vibe to her where yeah he doesn't want to disrupt anything and piss her off because like his mom too was like a fucking psychic or whatever so he's like oh that's true i didn't think about that yeah he's like this shit's real i don't want to piss this bitch off and then so he's intuitive he's intuitive to (laughs) vibes oh my so the other corporal is like, fuck that. Give us water. Give us food. Give us whatever you have. And they had noticed that her pig had like taken off. And she was like, go catch my pig. And I'll give you all that you're seeking. Yeah. And at first the corporal's like, I'm not fucking doing that shit. And Robbie's like, I think we should do it. I think we should go do it. So after a while, they end up catching the pig and they bring mm-hmm. it back. And she already has food, water, wine, sugar, almonds, all the good stuff for them. Stuff for them to like fucking wash themselves off with because they're fucking dirty as shit. 
Yeah, she gives them basins to like clean their face and shit. Mm-hmm. And so they leave. They start drinking the wine. Well, they chug water, he said, till their stomach hurt. And they start drinking the wine and they're going to look for somewhere to like settle down and eat their food for the night. But they talk, Robbie talks about how all of the places are, I guess soldiers are like bunkering in them. Yeah. And so they get to this kind of like cellar place and it's, it's like cool and a place for them to lay down without having to feel like they're going to be ambushed. And they get in there and the guys are like, it's full, get out. But it's pitch black, (laughs) like you can't see. Yeah. So him and the corporal find a little corner in the dark. They light some matches so they can kind of see. And he, they lay down and the corporal makes sure that Robbie is laying down and like he puts his coat over his head and he's like, (laughs) eat your food, but in silence because if they hear you chewing or drinking, they will fight you because they're so hungry and thirsty that they will like kill you to get what you have. Because even the corporal like took a swig out of the wine and they're like, what you got there? <laughs> what do I hear? He's like, oh, goat's milk. You want some? <laughs> and they're like, oh, fuck that shit. I don't want that shit. So Robbie's laying down under his coat and he starts eating the food that the woman had given to them. And he's like, it's the best meal I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. But he's trying to chew like <laughs> quietly. So he eats and he's stuffed. And then like him actually taking a break and laying down, the weight of that relaxation is kind of hitting him. So his fever starts getting worse. His abdomen starts hurting worse. And he starts thinking like about all of the people that he's kind of let down during the war. Mm -hmm. He's like, it's not really my job to save them, but I could stay here and save more people. Like even the thought of Cecilia and the letters didn't bring him any peace while he was suffering. Mm -hmm. And he's like, maybe I won't go back. Like, maybe I'll stay here and like help the people and the people who I tried to help can like watch over me and help me save the innocent. And he starts, I guess like fever dreaming. It's about like the dead. I think it's about the dead, the dead people Mm -hmm. that he keeps seeing. And he, he's like, no, no. But what he didn't realize is that he was yelling (laughs) no in his sleep. And so the corporal's like, you all right there, governor. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, what do you mean? And the, the guy strikes a match in front of his face. And he's like, you look like absolute fucking shit. He was like, and you're pissing everybody in here off. They're about to kick us out. Because he's, he's like, just fucking yelling in his sleep. Yeah. He's like, you're just screaming no in your sleep. And he tells him, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to stay. Mm-hmm. And the corporal just kind of ignores him. Yeah. He's like, he's like, you're not going to stay. Yeah. He's like, you know what I'm talking about. He was like, I heard that... um, Was it like boats were coming in the morning? Yeah. He's like, I heard that boats were going to come early in the morning. And if you look, it's almost dawn. So like, Mm -hmm. get a little bit more sleep because you look like shit. And then you and I are getting the fuck out of here and we're going home. Yeah. And then that's the end. Uh, I hope the next part's not fucking... I hope they actually get out and he can fucking go back home and fuck fuck up Briny and shit. Because like... That's not for me. Now listen here, people. I, Ashley and I did a good job of skipping all the boring shit and fucking <laughs> giving you the nitty gritty. But that's that right. Fucking shit was long. Yeah, it was. That I it mean, was so yeah. Long. I mean, and it goes back to just 
Ian McEwen being so fucking descriptive. And it's it's good if you're reading it. Yeah. But it's but not so not good. It. Yeah. Like, even I feel like as a book club book, like, that would be so hard to discuss unless you're really getting really analytical and being like, he said it this way because, it, like, fuck you. Mm. He fucking, he does a good job of describing it. That's literally all you have to say about it. Like, we're not literary majors we're not, we're, or literature majors. We're not fucking writing a goddamn book report on this mm. shit like i don't know it's good but it's so fucking long and it's like it, i mean we're realizing at least i'm realizing i do not like historical fiction i definitely didn't like science fiction john keeps saying we need to find a good science fiction book but mm. i just <laughs> i mean i don't know it's maybe it'll get better i but. i mean you're right like while reading it i appreciate the descriptions because it makes me get more of a sense of like what's happening. I don't, I didn't live through the war. Like I've seen like textbooks and shit. I don't know. So I like the descriptors because it kind of like makes me think like, holy shit. My favorite part for the description wise was when he was talking after the woman and the child got bombed. Mm -hmm. He got the backlash of that dirt that flew up. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how his entire face and his mouth and his nose and his ears were just covered in dirt. And like, no matter how much he spit out mud from his nose, he just like couldn't get the dirt out. But the way he describes it, it makes me, I feel like I could like taste (laughs) and smell the dirt. I was like, because he talks about he he drinks water and he still can't get it out. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm so dehydrated. Like my mouth is so dry. Like I can't. Like even I'm yeah. literally scraping it off with my fingers. Like my hand is going, my fingers going into my mouth, into my molars and scraping it off and nothing's coming off. Like, yeah. Uh, have you ever heard of that thing where it's like, even if you've never touched a certain material, like if you thought about like licking it, you would know what it would feel like regardless of if you touched 100%. it or not. That's fucking weird. So like when he's describing this like soil in his mouth, I'm like, ew, like I can feel that. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I mean, he he obviously does a better job at explaining shit and everything than we do as far as like the story goes. But oh, for sure. That's not what we're here for. Yeah, we're just breaking down that shit. That's right. That's right. So I'm hoping part three, what I assume part three is going to be about is he's finally going to make it home. He's finally going to see Cecilia and then shit's about to go down about who actually assaulted Lola. Yeah. Is what I assume. Yeah. Because if it goes into the shit of like, oh, I'm still going to be here. And then the last chapter I made at home. I don't think so because, okay, we got to watch the movie though after. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm interested because James McAvoy can fuck anything he wants of mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we see him fuck. Well, I'm trying to see Robbie Turner, James McAvoy fucking in the library like, eh. <laughs> He's like, hey, baby, give me that cut. Yuck. <laughs> I hate that so much. And you love it. I hate that. Let me smell your juicy pussy. Yuck. My milky pussy. Your milky pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Why does my mouth tingle? <laughs> it's that warming massage oil, baby. <laughs> With the hint of lactose <laughs> I'm lactose intolerant <laughs> okay so that's part three <laughs> or part yeah part whatever two. part two episode part three of the oh, yeah, atonement 
<laughs> so we'll be reading part three through the end for the next episode. Yes. So. Are there actual yeah. chapter numbers in this one? No, it's or the no. same. Uh, uh, okay. It's the same. So I will make notes on the fucking part <laughs> now that I know what we're doing. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, the paragraph ended? <laughs> I, uh, I stopped That's writing. Oh God, it was so hard trying to take notes for it. I was like, oh my God, this is so boring. Yeah. So we'll finish part three next episode and then we'll talk about what we're going to be doing for the rest of August since we have to take a couple breaks because my grandma died and we had some other issues to deal with. So yeah. So next week will be part three. Um, follow us on our socials. We have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Book Friends Pod. We took down the website for the time being. So no forum there. You guys can comment anything on Facebook or Instagram if you have any questions or you want to tell us how stupid we are about the not liking this book or the historical fiction part of it. Give a shit. Tell us. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. We'll talk about it. We'll discuss it. That's what they're for. That's what book clubs are for us. So yeah, we'll fucking follow us on, on air. <laughs> but listen to what this stupid bitch wrote. <laughs> no, maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> okay. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>